Is there anything else you want to say to Dad? No. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. In for Vince Petrano, here's Eric Bilstad. 810 Wisconsin's Morning News. Hello, Vince returns on Monday. Or does he? Just kidding. I guarantee it. He's already texting. <laughs> so I know. Enjoy I know your vacation, dude. Uh, I know yeah. he'll be all in on Monday. He's can't probably wait. writing stuff already, writing stuff down for Monday's he'll show. He'll be part of our post show meeting. I can't yeah, wait. he will. And I can confirm that like next week's show plan is like being worked on, like well <laughs> filled out. Awesome. Wow. Awesome, awesome. So Vince returns on Monday. Eric Bilstead along with Steve Scafidi, uh, Debbie Lazga on your roads, and Greg Pancake Hill is producing the big show. Lots to get to this hour. Uh, much more on Father's Day. Uh, if you have a, a good-natured father fail that you would like to share, please uh, send it on in on the old National Bank Talk and text line 855-616-1620. I should also point out, that uh, Greg has been putting together a set list. Every song he's played today, outside of like the sports one and, and the traffic sounder, have been dad-related in honor of Father's Day, and he actually posted it online. So if you'd like to see all the songs that have been requested slash played for today, just text the word DAD to the old National Bank Talk and text line 855 616 one six twenty, and if you suggest Cats in the Cradle, you will be disappointed. <laughs> How about Father and Son by Cat Stevens? That one—they're uh, not both Cat Stevens. That's a misnomer. Cat Stevens didn't sing Cats in the Cradle. Yeah, that was uh, he. Uh, Harry Chapin. Yes, thank you. So anyway, I'm but, going to debunk Cat Stevens. Father and Son is a great song. Yeah, you're right. Good song. Mm-hmm. I'm going to debunk Cats in the Cradle. We'll do that later on. That's not—it's not what you think it is. It's not what you think it's about. Hmm. Complete, is this you saying this complete, or someone else? Complete said it? misinterpretation. This is me telling you the truth. That we'll, we'll get to that later mm-hmm. on. Plus, we have a pair of Summerfest tickets to give away today, and we'll do it like we've done it all week long, where you have to work for it a little bit. So we'll get to that. And Steve, I have an email I got to read. Critical of me? Um, hypercritical? No. Uh, the emailer um, addressed what we talked about yesterday. And it hit really close to home when we talked about Instagram and these sextortion cases that come up where kids get themselves into trouble and start getting blackmailed via social media. So we'll get to that as well. But I wanted to start with this. I think I know the solution. I'm going to reiterate something here. Politico, now the most recent to have this story. Election administrators increasingly concerned about acts of violence against poll workers, and they're trying to do something about it in advance. A poll conducted by the Brennan Center for Justice and Political Reform shows that roughly three in four election officials have reported a spike in threats against election workers since 2020. In response, a group of now 24 former and current election officials are urging Congress to adopt $400 million in consistent federal funding to improve the working conditions for poll workers around the country, which would include security as well to make sure that our uh, poll workers, our volunteers who are doing this good work are taken care of and protected. Here's my thing. They're also dealing with an issue of numbers loss, right? We're losing a decline in people that are even interested in doing this for multiple of reasons. But one of them being, why would I want to go there and have to deal with someone potentially being rude or yelling at me or God forbid something worse? So I think I have, a, I, I think I have the right idea. Mm-hmm. I believe 
I'm going to reiterate this because I really do think it's possible. I believe the best thing we could do to help with our poll worker situation is to make it like jury duty. You get a letter that says, hey, we're summoning you. You got to come to the spring election. We need you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, unless you are have a job that you can't get away from, are pregnant or out of the country, then you need to be there. That would be what my suggestion. And by pregnant, I mean someone who is going to be right. potentially having a baby while at that. Just like any other jury duty reason why you wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to do jury duty. I, I completely support that idea. Most people have no clue what's involved. And that's why. That's why I think it's so important. Not only would you get some hands-on, but also people can now finally learn what it takes to actually do the job. You get that Monday for the training. You walk through it. You see how it all goes down. It would, it would teach us all something, right? Tuesday would be the big day, of course, and there'd be different jobs for different people. Wednesday, I mean, there's only so much you could do on Wednesday. It's probably a little bit later than that, you know, when, when, the, when the... Canvassing and yeah, whatnot. It's not necessarily the next day. Right. Yeah. So there might be some just quick follow-up on yeah. Wednesday. Oh, by the way, you're often paid for these jobs. Yeah. They're not volunteered in, in a lot of places. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there you go. If you do that, then potentially, I mean, obviously, that may not help with the, the fear of violence situation, but perhaps if we start to actually integrate ourselves into the process, we won't hear some of the silly things we hear when people make accusations or say things. And when I say people, I mean anybody, whether it's a kid, an adult, or a lawmaker, we've heard some pretty crazy things that have been said about what the process is. This would be our way. This would be our way to see it up close and personal. Love the idea. I, I, I would love to see the states and communities go forward with that, with that idea. Here's my question. What do you think the public's reaction to that concept of that idea is? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm on jury duty. <laughs> I'm is. a reserve juror <laughs> next month in Milwaukee County. Yeah, and I bet when you got the letter, you're like, oh. No, because, no, I actually didn't because I served on a jury okay. all week for, this is like 20 years ago. And this is the first time I've been called back as a reserve juror. Uh, for a couple of days, probably won't even get into an actual case. Well, you never know, but uh, it's a duty that we have. And I'm sick and tired of hearing people complain about stuff when they first, first of all, they often don't know what they're talking about. Completely naive about what's involved. Sure. And anyone who's done that job, worked on an election, almost in any capacity, long days, a lot of grief, and um, it's kind of a thankless job. You just do it because you love your country. So if you were summoned to do it and you get paid for it, and yeah, I misspoke earlier, you do get paid. Uh, some get paid, not all. Poll some. workers, yeah, the majority, whatever. Um, that would help bring some of that realization in place and then maybe some respect. And who knows, maybe you could even do some type of like, I don't know, poll worker elimination like you do with the jury pool. I mean, maybe if you go through the process and you go, okay, this one has a history of this or that one has a... Looks like this one's had some trouble with that. Or, okay, then we're going to eliminate these two from this job as far as the polling goes. I mean, you know, real life, real time, you know, I, I lived this story when I was an elected, at both as an alderman and as a mayor. There are people that get removed from, from these positions because they can't stop talking about things or act in strange ways or not doing what they're told to do in the legal manner that mm-hmm. elections are supposed to be conducted. That, those are real things that happen. Uh, they're, again, difficult jobs. They're, here's the other thing you didn't mention, and it's not an attack on the elderly. Many of these positions are filled by people who are seniors. Sure. Well, they're retired. They have more time. They're more willing to they do They do. It. But everyone has other things they'd like to do. And I, we shouldn't depend on that group 
for everything, right? We're asking seniors to bail out our workforce now because what for whatever reason, younger people don't want to work or they're yeah. too busy to be yeah. bothered, whatever it is. We got to make sure that we have a, a good cross section of our country involved in these positions, like like juries, right? Mm-hmm. It should be a cross section of the community. Same thing for poll workers. It should represent the community that you serve. So this is actually a thing that has been considered too. Ohio has considered this. The Ohio Secretary of State at one point proposing the idea of poll workers being conscripted like a juror, asking the legislature now, is this something we could look into or maybe even do a pilot program in some counties, perhaps in counties where you're having trouble with the numbers or you need to consolidate some of the voting sites or whatnot because of any number of different reasons, whether it's a rural setting or what have you. So it's actually looked into... Could it happen? I would say it's not going to. <laughs> I just think it's a red idea. Just people don't want to be bothered. They just don't want to be bothered by it. And people, look, I, I'm famous for saying we're a country of complainers, no more so than elections. It's like, my goodness, that's the that's like the hot topic always. What happened in that election? What's going to happen in the next election? It's all we complain about, but yet we don't do anything about it. 818, I want to bring this to you next. So I got a letter from a listener regarding our Instagram social media sextortion conversation yesterday, and it hits really close to home. Bring that to you next. It's not time to make a change. Just relax, take it easy. You're still young. That's I knew it was coming, fault. especially after There's you brought it up. So much you have to know. It's a fantastic song. Find a girl, settle down. If you want, you can marry. Look Happy Father's me. Day to all of those celebrating on Sunday. Greg is spinning all the best dad songs throughout the morning here on Wisconsin's Morning News. If you'd like to see the whole set list, just text the word dad to the old National Bank talk and text line 855-616-1620. Before we get out of here, I will debunk Cats in the Cradle. We will do that before we get out of here. Plus, we have Summerfest tickets to give away. But I wanted to bring this up to your attention, Steve. So... Yesterday, we told the story about a boy named Jordan, a teenager from Michigan who uh, took his own life after a sextortion plot. Investigators say Jordan was scammed into sending an explicit image of himself to somebody he thought was a girl on Instagram. It turned out it wasn't a girl. He was talking to another man, a man from Nigeria, and... uh, this man demanded $1,000 for the return of the image after he sent him this explicit image. He sent him, a, he thought it was a girl, sent him an explicit image of himself, realized it wasn't a girl, and then immediately tried to get the image back. The guy said, no, give me 1000 bucks." He didn't have $1,000. He sent them 300 bucks. They said, that's not enough. And he was so freaked out, so embarrassed, so scared, Jordan was, that this picture was going to go, quote unquote, viral that he took his own life. This all happened in an evening on his phone in his bedroom. His dad now speaking out saying, hey, we got to do something about this. Parents, Three talk to your kids. people from Nigeria across the world came into my house that night while I was sleeping and murdered Jordan. Yeah, so these three uh, suspects now from Nigeria have been charged, and uh, that's great. So justice will be served in this case. Uh, but it got us talking about just how serious this is, how this sextortion thing can happen. And it doesn't necessarily only have to be teenagers that get caught up in it. 
It's, uh, it's so much a part of our culture now. People right. sending pictures like this, not even thinking about the you know the potential implications mm-hmm. of that. And you you mentioned you you got some feedback. I got two emails last night about the, just the fact that we, I don't know how long we talked about it, but uh, one was from a mom which just said thank you, thank you, thank you for talking about it. And she didn't have a, any direct experience, but she goes, "This is something that all the moms that she knows were talking about." Listen to this email we got. Hi, Eric. I heard your news segment this morning on my way into work, the segment about sextortion. For a moment, I thought you were talking about my own son. Just over a year ago, the same thing happened to him, stupidly sending an explicit picture to a girl who turned out to be a Nigerian man who was told to pay him $800 or else that image would be shared to all of his contacts. Thank God that our credit company blocked the transaction after our son, in a panic, gave them our current information. Thank God that the password they demanded for our son's Instagram account and that he gave them in a panic was somehow incorrect so they couldn't access it. And thank God that our son told us about all this the same night so that we could quickly disable his social media accounts, put a stop on our credit card, and so on. Our story turns out okay. Other than some extreme embarrassment and remorse, our son's okay. He'll never forget this, but he's not living with the weight of it on a daily basis. What you guys talked about this morning was a stark reminder, though, that things could have turned out very differently for us. My heart aches for Jordan's family, who are not so lucky. They will be in my prayers as they continue to deal with this grief. And this mother goes on to say, Thank you for airing this and for bringing attention to the need for something like this. Also for the Just Say No campaign to address social media concerns. Hopefully as a society, we will be able to come up with something to help our children navigate these challenges. So yesterday we brought up Just Say No. Remember the the Nancy Reagan Just Say No to Drugs Mm -hmm. campaign in the 80s there was such a big deal, a big hit, a lasting impact on me. I remember the green shirt I had and all that, and it worked. So is there something like that that could be done here? Um, Maybe. Maybe there are, in some cases, some circles that are already have it, and I haven't seen it, but it may not be directed toward me, so it wouldn't come up in my timeline, so to speak. I think that's the sweet spot. We need a campaign that, one, remember that you were talking about the, the, the egg, right? Here's, your, here's, your, here's a fried egg, here's yeah. your, your brain, mm-hmm. you know, brain on drugs and, and the egg. Another memorable campaign. Yeah, so if we can do something like that with social media, and it comes down to this. Don't give out specific, explicit, in this case, information about yourself. Don't assume anything. Every and, and also, I think it was either Vinny or, or somebody else on our on our on our air that said, "Assume everything that you do on social media is public." Yep. So once you take that step in sending it, assume it's going to get out there. Now you might not want it out there, and that's where these sextortion cases come in. But you should assume that, and then you take the risk. So if we can get out in front of that, mm-hmm. especially with really young people, because you and I have talked about this on, on other shows. The age of getting a smartphone is, is getting pretty young. What are we talking, 10, 11, 12? Yeah, and, well, just even having some kind of access to the Internet it is even younger than that. You're talking about phones, but there's kids on yeah. iPads at much younger than 10. Decision-making at the age of 10 or younger is not decision-making as an adult. And right. frankly, I can, I'll be honest with you, some adults make really bad decisions. So why would we expect kids to be smarter than that? So giving them something that they can at least have a – a baseline of understanding about social media is just it should be the easiest thing. We're gonna we're gonna discuss for years about how we regulate all this stuff, but until that happens, we got to get out front in this. A couple of things. So actually, we re-talked about it last night at the dinner table with my kids. I told Angie, "Mike, we gotta say something again about this because this one really really bothered me. This story really just haunted me." Um, and a couple of things. The one thing I said was, "Do not trust anybody, even if it's your buddy." 
If they're asking you some strange question or asking you for a picture or whatever, do not send it. Do not take any pictures of yourself and send it. Even if it's a friend, do not do it. So that was the one aspect of it. But the other thing that still sits with me is what this neurologist said, too, in this documentary, who basically said, look, you don't want your kids talking to strangers, right? That's always been a thing. Don't talk to strangers. However, we're constantly allowing our kids to talk to strangers. Mm Mm-hmm. In the backseat of the car when they're on the phone, in their bedroom alone at night when they're on the phone, when they're at school when they're on the phone, when they're gaming, when they're on social media, they are constantly talking to strangers. How is that any different? It's something to just be mindful of and to remember, and hopefully we can uh, take advantage of this terrible situation out of Michigan and, and have a silver lining from it. And we're talking about action. You prompted me to, I'm going to do a segment in the next couple of weeks on this with some law enforcement folks because they, they're seeing it all over the place. They're hearing the stories that we don't necessarily hear. When you were telling me that too, that it's not even just for kids. No, it's adults. Adult women specifically, more often than men, are getting tricked into doing these same things. This is a big problem. 829 Wisconsin's Morning News. But we'd get together in a family circle singing loud. Daddy sang bass. Mama sang Wisconsin's morning news, 832, right after the news and after the break, we will give away Summerfest tickets again. And remember, you got to work for it. You got to work for it to get them. If you've been listening all week, you know what I'm talking about. If you want to start lighting it up now, you can. 855-616-1620 on the Old National Bank. Talk and text line. Light it up. We'll get you. We need multiple contestants. Because you may not get the answer right. This world, daddy's little girl. Daddy made a soldier out of me. Wisconsin's morning news. Vince Vetrano returns on Monday. Eric Bilstead along with Steve Scafidi. If you'd like to hear Greg Pancake Hill's set list for all the dad songs that we played today for Father's Day, just text the word dad to the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. Pretty interesting text. We were wrapping up our conversation about Instagram and uh, the, the issue of sextortion, which is basically when you get caught sending pictures you think to someone who isn't really them, and it goes to someone else who's trying to take advantage of you and maybe blackmail you. This is from the 920, Steve. Isn't it odd how our devices cause us to distance ourselves from other people, but then the desire for closeness is what leaves us vulnerable to those same devices? The more we share things through a device and not in face-to-face means that we're sharing the most intimate, specific things, yeah. and it distances us us from actually having face-to-face physical meetings. And that So they're, they're doing the opposite of what you would think. And it's, right. it's shocking and stunning and sad. Changing gears now. We have a whole bunch of contestants lined up. Yeah, we're ready to go. Okay, so we're giving away Summerfest tickets. So here's how this works. If you've been listening this week, you get the drill. You understand it. But for those who have missed it, who are on the line waiting to be selected to uh, try this game out, here's what we're going to do. We're going to play you a cut from a song, and you need to finish the lyrics. So earlier this week, we played this song. Oh, won't you please take me home? Yeah, yeah. That would be how you'd have to finish the song. That's what our winner did. They did it much better than me. And um, that was singing it. is preferable, by the way. <laughs> yes, Not actually, required, but preferable. We've had some pretty good ones, yeah. too. We've had some killer singers uh, this week. Okay, so we have a new band. We have a new song. And uh, once we get all lined up, I'll tell you who the band is. Okay, let's start with uh, Lisa is in Wind Lake. She's number one. 
Lisa in Wind Lake, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, Lisa, here's how the game is played. We play the song, and then, of course, you need to finish the lyric if you know it. Or I would suggest, even if you don't, try singing something, right? (laughs) So here we go. Are you ready? Sure. All right, the band is Sticks. So Greg wanted to go easy today. He wanted, he, he, yeah, one word. <laughs> it's actually only part of that line. It's of the morning is the rest of that. Well, congratulations. You're going to get yourself some Summerfest tickets. Lisa, I was so hoping that you would sing Lisa instead, like just to change it up a bit. <laughs> we might have to get you tickets anyway. Thank you. I appreciate the one word answer. <laughs> You're welcome. We're going to put you on hold. Thanks to those who were on the line. Uh, man, I know, I know you're frustrated because this could have been an easy one for you. Although it's interesting how many people drop off the line after they hear the song. Mm-hmm. Once they hear the bite, they're like, wait a minute. I don't think I can get this one. <laughs> you ever see those, those, those vignettes where people think they're singing the actual words of the song, but they're completely wrong, and they've been singing it that way for like 20 years? That's me in yeah. almost every song. Just make up stuff. It, happen- it happens to me all the time. All right, so coming up, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to debunk... One of the most well-known dad songs of all time. Everyone knows the song. They've heard it over and over again. And I'm telling you, your interpretation is wrong. We will dissect it next. So I knew this song would be requested during the, uh, hey, what father's song would you like to play in honor of Father's Day? I knew it was going to be played, and I knew I had to debunk it for everybody. See, here's, let's walk through this. Let's walk through this this Cats in the Cradle song. I just laugh at the dad, the dad, and the, the narcissism of the dad in this song. All right, cut that down. Get rid of that. All right. So what I think is so funny about this song is that it, it teaches us about how not to take families, children, fathers, mothers for granted, right? But in the end, the song is really about an ignorant guy who clearly misinterprets his son's priorities. I'm telling you, that's exactly what it is. There's no other way about it. So let's, let's walk through this together. All right, so listen to the first lyrics here. Obviously, he's a very busy man. Child arrived just the other day. Mm-hmm. He came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away. Yeah, so he wasn't even there. He was busy working. He had bills to pay, he says. So the song goes on with lyrics like this about how, you know, the kid actually wants to talk to him and be with them. He says, Hey, Dad, let's go play catch. And he says, No, I got somewhere to be. And that goes on for a couple of lyrics. But then all of, a something, uh, all of a sudden, something changes. And Dad then all of a sudden wants to be part of his kid's life once he gets into college. Well, he came from college just the other day. So much 
like a man I just had to say Son, I'm proud of you, can you sit for a while? He shook his head and they said with a smile What I'd really like, Dad, is to borrow the car keys See you later, can I have them, please? Can I have them, please? So his priority of the kid is misinterpreted. This is how it begins. The kid's priorities right now is to not hang out with his dad. It's to go see his buddies or maybe a significant other. I can't believe the gall of this 20-year-old. He's just like his deadbeat father. Or maybe he's like every other 20-year-old who wants to go see his buddies and see a girlfriend or a boyfriend or something. What in the world are we saying that he's like his father? Finally, listen to this last lyric here. This is the part that clearly proves that dad is misinterpreting the whole thing. I've long since retired, my son's moved away. I called him up just the other day. I said I'd like to see you if you don't mind. He said I'd love to, Dad, if I can find the time. All right, if I can find the time. I've seen my new job's a hassle and the kids are the flu. But it's your nice talking to you, Dad. It's been sure nice talking to okay, you. Okay, it's good talking to you, Pop, but... And as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me He'd grown up just like me My boy was just like me No! No! He is nothing like you! Dad botches the interpretation. It has nothing to do with his son becoming him, like we all think. Oh my gosh, his son's going to be just like him. He was a deadbeat. Now son's going to be a deadbeat. In fact, if you listen to the lyrics, his son has his own life. He's like, yeah, Dad, hey, great to talk to you, but, you know, I got a new job. It's kind of a hassle. I don't have a lot of PTO. I can't really take off right now. And right now the kids are sick. They got the flu. So, you know, I'm, you know, I'm their dad, so I want to take care of them. So it's not really a good time to have you over. Plus, who knows? A pandemic really can't come over. You don't want to swap viruses and whatnot. But, man, you know what, though? It's nice talking to you, Pop. Because you were never around, so it was great talking to you. But I'm good. My family's good. Thanks for calling. So, no, I think Dad is all narcissistic, ignorant, thinking that son's just like me. No, son is good. Son's got his own life. Son has a family. Son has realized priorities. Son is fine. Dad is the deadbeat. Man. You, got, you took a lot out of that song. Yeah, <laughs> I don't disagree with you because, obviously, his, the dad was a bad example. And I think the son's probably understanding all of that and using it to be a better dad himself. I just think it's funny that the one person who misinterprets this this song the most is the one who's actually singing the song. Now, are are you a Harry Chapin fan? What do you mean by fan? Like the song Taxi. taxi, I know of his work, if that's what you suggest. Here's my problem with critics, and you're a critic on this song, or the artist. Art is in the eye of the beholder, If you don't like the artist, you shouldn't review any of the concerts, because then it doesn't really... There's a bias that can't go away. But I agree with you on this one. And as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me He'd grown up just like me My boy was just like me WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. to you, by the way, Greg Hill, producer of Wisconsin's Morning News. It's not easy to find, what, a dozen tunes, if not more, on a specific theme. This playlist has 19 songs. Well done. 
If you'd like to see the playlist on dads that we've created that Greg put together during the show today as we got some requests and he also cultivated and went through his own catalog, just text the word dad to the Old National Bank talking text line, 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. I uh, say happy Father's Day to my father, who uh, I always call the fixer and the problem solver, one of the most amazing, brilliant people who can solve anything. And I mean that. Like, I don't think I've asked him a question or had a problem that he could not find a way to solve or fix or at least tweak to make it better. And I, uh, I love him very much. Happy Father's Day to my father. That's the best thing you can say about yeah. your dad. Awesome. So before we go, uh, uh, my wife happened to ask my kids like what, what I want for Father's Day. Mm. And here's what my 13-year-old said. <laughs> Sitting outside, <laughs> I don't know, with his friends and a beer. You may may not be wrong there. Uh, So my wife also asked my 16-year-old some questions, asked him what makes me happy. When we do things for him. Things like what? Any examples? Not argue. That's true. When they bicker, that drives me crazy. So then she asked him, the same one, the 16-year-old, what makes dad crazy? When we argue. Yeah, yeah. then she asked, what do I want for Father's Day? For us not to argue. <laughs> There's a common theme in the Bill Stead also. And finally... Happy Father's Day. Oh, thank you That's there, nice. So what do you got working here in the next hour or so? All politics, right? Plenty to talk about. States, deal on the revenue uh, sharing package. But what will happen in Milwaukee? We'll have uh, Joseph Pecky, Bill McCoshin in studio. We'll have some fun with some of the Father's Day stuff as well throughout the day. And then if Steve rolled the world special, Summerfest edition today. And you think about Summerfest in, in the not in the you know it's the greatest music festival on the planet, yep, right? Yep. Think about Summerfest in the context of relationships, how you act, how you dress, <laughs> whether you drink too much. That's kind of my my theme. And then I of course I'll weave in the uh, the politics awesome. into it because I always do. And a reminder: Don Smiley going to be on uh, WDTMG yes. Conversations yes. eleven Libby Collins Sunday. Actually, it's not Libby; it's Sandy Max with the Sandy sit down. Sandy Max, this time. are you kidding me? Yeah. Wow! Yeah, so that'll be Sunday morning uh, as Smiley uh, bids farewell. To the big gig. It's, uh, that's, uh, trust me, that guy's gonna, losing him is a loss. Steve, he is a genius when it comes to that festival. Happy Father's Day, buddy. Happy Father's Day to you, too. The Steve Scafidi Show is next. Wisconsin's Morning News with Vince Vetrano. Vince returns on Monday. Is there anything else you want to say to Dad? No.